and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at Pod. Follow us on Facebook, where all the latest news and information in the English language can be found in one convenient location. So all the articles that you could ever want, all one spot. That is Facebook.com slash HEFpod. You can follow us on Instagram. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Got a lot of fun and interactive content there, so follow us there. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the podcast through another uh, mode, you can always drop us an email. That is heyintrackfrankford at gmail.com. And, of course, we've got uh, www.hefpod up and running. It's uh, going to have more and more Eintracht Frankfurt-related content, maybe a little Bundesliga content here and there. Of course, Frauen Bundesliga is something that we cover here on the podcast. We'll have a few bits on the Frauen for Frauen Corner, which is back because the Women's Champions League qualifiers are right here, right now. And here to talk about that and more about Eintracht Frankfurt is the man uh, with a plan in the Big Apple. Well, technically speaking, he's in the he's still in the five one of the five bros. What am I talking about? The man in Queens. It is Matt in New York City. How goes it? Oh, it's good to be back, Brian. Good to be back from the Jersey Shore. I know that we uh, try to record a podcast over there, and then after <laughs> all my fault through my own, you know, voice memos on Apple, I do not do not recommend to record a podcast if you guys ever think of recording another Frankfurt podcast out there. But uh, no, good to be back in the in the civilization. Good to be here. Good to be talking about uh, the boys from over the weekend. Same here. Same viewpoint on my end. Uh, well, hey, we're not talking about a loss this time. So that is a improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, uh, you know what? We'll take it at the at this point in time. Uh, I tracked, as folks will know, uh, started off against Hertha Berlin in Berlin. The Eintracht was not able to come away with the victory. That was a... Uh, that was a head scratcher of a match for me because, you know, Hertha got off to a fire start and we just didn't seem to get ourselves into gear until the second half. Dachi Kamada scored again. Oh, he and uh, Kodo Mani, those two guys, that could be a sweet partnership in the future. But, you know, it was just one goal. We won two minimum and we didn't get shit. You, uh, uh, Someone predicted on this podcast who's not here to defend themselves. He, someone predicted a clean sheet, and that didn't happen. I uh, I predicted that Eintracht would concede at least one goal, and that's all that I got right about this. Uh, this yeah, freaking, uh, nothing new in that moment. department. Ugh. I mean, look, it, I mean, the way we started was absolutely atrocious. I mean, Kamada giving away that ball and then – just kind of sloppy in terms of like whole like the whole defending and urgency, like Knauf not getting in front of the header. Like though that's not a first two minutes you need. That's not even the first five minutes you need. That's not a first like 10, 15 minute performance that you need from us, you know. But we were pretty atrocious for the first like 30 minutes. You know, that goal really kind of set us back. Um, I mean, you know, it should have been two nothing at some points as well. You know, there was one opportunity that um 
we just kind of sucked up. But, you know, towards the end of the, uh, towards the, end of the first half, you know, def- I definitely saw Kamada getting a little more comfortable on the ball and whatnot. Um, Cole Omani is fucking sick, man. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just going to tell you right now, our front three is set. We're going to have Cole Oma- we have Bore in the middle, Cole Omani on the right, Lindstrom on the left. Boom. No one's touching us. No one is touching us. We have Guts on the bench or maybe, you know, rotating between So, Kamada, and Jokic. And, you know, we are going to be set on that front end. But, you know, back to the game, you know, Kolomani was awesome. Like, he he wanted the ball more than everybody. He's fast. He's quick. He's agile. He's, 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 he's the whole package right now for us. You know, he's definitely going to open up a lot of eyes in the Bundesliga this season. Mark my words on that. Tuta is just has, still has growing pains on the defensive side of things. I mean, it should have been three nothing in the uh, in the towards the end of the first half when he got bodied um, by uh, was it Kings or Kining Kanga something something with the K. Oh, it was Kanga, <laughs> I remember. Um, you know, it was just kind of rough on that front end. And then, I mean, dude, first game, first or second official game without Kostic, you know, putting Lentz on that side there. You know, he was putting in some quality pop passes you know like obviously nowhere near to the to the free to the consistency and to the effectiveness of what Kostic does but Lentz definitely had a couple of like good crosses you know there was one in the second half where Boris should have had better um better direction on the ball you know to potentially get us up for 2-1 so you know so far Lentz is a good replacement right now you know I don't have any any um issues with him um I don't know Brian it was just it was just sloppy. I mean, it, it, the second half we definitely woke up more. I mean, our bench looks awesome still. I mean, I mean, having Bore and Lindstrom coming off the bench is always great, and then having Ali Du looking so confident right now, especially for such a young player with his talent. I mean, he he's gonna he's gonna do a lot of words. You know, he he may be my my new Hustich lover. You know, um, since you know <laughs> no no one has no idea where he's gone. But no, Ali Du is definitely looking really, really good on the right side. And the partnership between him and Canal switching back and forth could be very, 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 very good. Um, I mean, you can take a lot of positives and good things about this. You know, the positive side of things is, you know, we definitely found our front three with Bore, Lindstrom, and Muani. You know, there's I don't think there's any arguments about that at this point of the season. Um Worst part is we lost Torre for a long time. You know, he has that muscle, uh, muscle um, tear in his hamstring, I believe, or something like that. But he's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks, if not, you know, a month or two um, with that. So, you know, now we're going to have to see who kind of comes into his his shoes, whether it's going to be Haseba coming out there, Timmy Chandler. Maybe we start putting Smolchich in there, kind of see how he fits in with Tuta and Indika. But... With Tuta having these growing pains and Indica not looking as strong as he usually is, you know, here we are again sitting about, you know, talking about the defensive side of things. But, um, you know, we haven't kept clean sheets in so long. You know, that's not <laughs> the worst priority at this point. You know, having this new front three with Lindstrom, Bore, and Moani potentially being our future three is what I'm taking positives out of this game, regardless of the results. Yeah, well, uh <sighs> Look, uh, our friends on Foosball 5000 did a reenactment of the questionable call. And uh, so, yeah, it's on their social media platforms, so you can check it out. Uh, where do you fall in uh, that no call? If he didn't plant his left foot, I definitely would have had a second opinion on it. But 
the more and more they showed the replays, the more and more it just showed it wasn't a PK. You know, the keeper obviously didn't have a full on grip uh, on his ankle, um, especially after the fact that Flory had a left foot, you know, planted on the on the PK line. I mean, initially, you know, it definitely looked like it by the naked eye. You know, if obviously in a non VAR world, that was going to be a PK, but. Not in this world, you know. Um, I definitely think, you know, it was probably it's a striker's instinct to go down like that. That's something you're taught, essentially, especially if you're that close in the box. But that's not a PK in my eyes. You know, I definitely would have been thought, especially after VAR, we got away with one on that one. But it's the right call. The referee made, even though he had an atrocious game throughout the whole game. I mean, he is a clown for a reason. I don't even know what his <laughs> name is, but I, 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 I can tell by when every single time this dude refs our games, it's just going to be a shit show. It's going to be inconsistently, consistently bad. Like that's how terrible this guy is, but um, no foul on this department over here. All right. Well, figured I would throw what it out there. What about you? I deep down wanted it to be a foul. I wanted it to be a foul so bad, but it, it you know what? Hey, it is what it is, and uh, the call stands. You know what? The people in Cologne, uh, they could have told the referee, nope, this is a PK and then the Eintracht would have been in a totally different situation. But, hey, you know what? Didn't happen that way. And, well, at the end of the day, uh, I can only get so mad at refereeing decisions because, God, I'm just getting too old for that shit. <laughs> as, someone who, as someone who's a referee. So, um, Bacola Mane, Corey being out, I am really bummed. Uh, I'd hope that we would probably do... I mean, look, it's not like we're, you know, going up against a Champions League match right ahead. I mean, we do have a pretty difficult team uh, coming up in FC Kuhn, um, you know, who've got, uh, what, drawn a win so far from their three. But, you know, I mean, it like, sure, very respectable draw against uh Leipzig, but let's be honest, they made Schalke look so pedestrian. Oh, yeah. uh, so, and I don't really, I don't really think that it's really that Cologne is that world class. And think of it this way, Matt. Remember how we are always worried about playing in Europe? Guess who plays in Europe this week? Cologne. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's that puts so much more insight or so much more joy into Sunday's game. I know it's a uh, for me. It's um, a really great time to uh, just enjoy the fact that someone else is having to really slug it out. Now, I'm not saying that Cologne in Eintracht's next match is going to be a slam dunk because they have uh, to play in Europe. Because you know when we went through our qual that what was it uh, three rounds of qualifiers when we uh, for the. The 1920 Europa League season. I mean, that was a that was a real slog. Like until we played uh, the French, and the most recent one too, the French team in Strasbourg. Yeah, until we played the French team in Strasbourg, that was an absolute slog. Like early on in the season, that like we felt we were ready and we weren't ready. It was it was a weird season. 
No, uh, this past season too. We had, remember we that first stretch. We had like seven one one draws. It took us like nine ten oh, games God, to get our yeah. first win. True, but I look at this from the standpoint of kind of them already having a couple matches uh, practice in, and yeah, they're 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 gonna go all out for. I think that they're gonna. I I don't remember Cologne doing that much rotation. Uh, last year or the course of the season, it pretty much was, hey, they tried to roll out their best starting 11 every single match. Now, I kind of can't remember how far they got into Pokal, but they're going to they're gonna be focused uh, solely on Thursday and then have the short turnaround will give us the advantage, but I anticipate that Cologne is going to just kind of keep on running out their first, uh, their kind of original starting 11. Um, Going back to the match that did take place, um, I think going like what was your thoughts on Gotze and Alario? I mean, bringing in those guys obviously was a move uh, that Glasner commented on earlier, saying that we would uh, see some squad rotation. But what was your thoughts on those guys playing together? Uh, Goto, you know, he kicked ass. But Alario and Gotza, eh, they weren't—they weren't really that special. Gotza had his opinion. moments here and there. I mean, I definitely agree with you. They're definitely more underwhelming than overwhelming. I mean, Gotza looked a lot more comfortable playing against Bayern when you know while we're losing, you know, one, two, three, four, six, one. You know, um, Alario definitely did not have his game there. I mean, I, it was tough. I mean. It just he just didn't seem like too comfortable over there. It didn't seem like the ball was coming too much in his way. It didn't seem like he was asking for the ball too much. Um, I don't know. It, it just it just it, he just didn't seem like he was really there. Guts, I mean, had his moments and stuff like that. But I mean, these are two very experienced players uh, that we definitely needed in our team just to kind of have that experience in there, especially some Champions League experience to help us guide to that kind of you know potential success. You know, because the first time us running in this kind of thing. I mean. The way we kind of started kind of just showed me, you know, uh, let's rest our players a little bit here, especially with Boren Lundstrom after the, you know, the first, what, 12, 13 days of our season's already been with Magdeburg, Bayern, and Real Madrid, for fuck's sake. Um, so I definitely can see it, that, us being that. But, I mean, it was an opportunity that, you know, Lucas Alaro didn't really take on. And so, you know, he's definitely going to be a potential, you know, rotation player unless, you know, some injury occurs. Um, within our, you know, attacking force, but you know, you you hope you always hope that players have a good start for the team. And unfortunately, this wasn't the case, you know. But you know, he's going to be a great asset for us regardless. You know, I'm not worried about that. You know, that's what we that's what we said in our previews and stuff about this team. You know, our depth is going to be huge. You know, I would love to have him coming off the bench for you know Bore or 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 you know uh, Kolomane or um, Lindstrom. You know, because that's a great experienced Bundesliga player to have to come off your bench. So, I mean, our depth is going to be our strength. You know, we're still kind of figuring out what our starting lineup is here. And, I mean, unfortunately, that won't be with Alario. <laughs> it may not be with Gutsy either. But that depends how our how our midfield goes and how how comfortable Kamada is going to sit in that sixth spot. And so, because, man, Kamada Peninsula ordered a freaking roller coaster because he is on that thing like no other. <laughs> So, do you like the whole Kamada and So in the middle? 
I still do. I still believe in him. I still believe what we saw from Magdeburg could be very effective to what he does. I mean, hey, he had a goal. Granted, he did absolutely – well, he did barely close to nothing about that goal. Um, but, you know, he did tap it in after Colomani's win, uh, win on the ball. Yeah. Money, uh, oh, brother. That's a, that is a winning racehorse right there. And so far – there's been nothing that says that this has been a bad pickup. This to me is a huge. Uh, and we got for him for free. For free. <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's, he's a he's a he's a good he's a good player so far uh, from what we've seen. Um, granted, look, it's still early days, so the season still has a lot. We've got a lot of matches to go ahead. We've got. Enough. We've got the kind of uh, quality and depth that we haven't had before. We've had, I mean, you technically speaking, had depth. It's just not quality in depth. So <laughs> I'm thinking that uh, from match to match, though, I would be surprised if uh, we go with Sol and Kamada again versus Cologne. Uh, the question is if we're going to have the same wingers. Like, is Lentz going to be still the guy out on the left? Are we going to... Uh, Ali Du is gonna is he gonna have a chance uh, running out there or is this new pickup that the Eintracht is announcing uh, so apparently as part of the move for Costage coming to Eintracht also included was a player to go on loan to the Eintracht and uh, yeah he's got some experience uh Playing in the uh, professional ranks in Italy, um, he's got what uh, sixty-eight appearances in the Serie A uh, between uh, Roma and uh, got uh, Cagliari and Juventus and Genoa, all in the Serie A. A uh, couple other, couple other matches here and there, in like uh, what the does his, is his injury inter- report in there as well. Uh, I don't really have much of that at, on him, but he is—he has already a cap for the Italian national team received in November 2020. So he has been kind of tabbed up as one of the up-and-coming stars, um, young Italian stars. But at age 23, you just kind of wonder, it's like, hey, are you going to be kind of a middling player? Are you going to kind of punch through? What are you going to kind of do? Because, you know, he had, I mean, a decent amount of... Uh, time with uh, Juventus last season before now, you know, coming to the Eintracht on loan. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm 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 curious of what we're gonna what we're gonna see for the guy because you know he's got he's got experience. I don't ro- look. I don't really know a whole lot about him because he practically was being introduced to the team this late. I mean. Looking at what little I know, and that it doesn't know, help to have depth on the left foot, you know. So I think that's what part of the reason was, you know, hey, we give you one of our best left footed players, you have to pay us on top of that, and then you give us one of your left foot players for a little bit longer. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm looking at it right here. So he did miss uh, some. He did. He has a little bit of an injury record, so of course we would pick up something like that. But, I mean, like, you know, getting a fractured kneecap, 
and then having thigh issue in a couple of recent years. That's kind of been his major two issues. Uh, oh. Hey, different as league. He's, different as player, different water. ligament rupture. Dear God. Uh, how broken is this guy? But the German you know water what? may fix him up. Who knows? Who knows indeed. Um, yeah, so uh, Luca Pellegrini, welcome, welcome. to the Eintracht. And uh, I guess Zavos. we'll wait and see with what happens here because uh, it he could start. Who knows? He could start Saturday at this point. Who knows? Sunday. Yeah, that, that actually would be interesting if the Eintracht uh, tried to come out with. I mean, he does have some experience with playing as a. Uh, midfielder, but it's pretty much mostly as a left back. But then again, like you know, we've been able to turn all sorts of other players into wingers who are more defensively minded to begin with. So you know, anything can happen. Uh, so the Eintracht five was in action. Kind of uh, youth update on that. The uh, well, you know what. Before we get to that, we'll get to two transfer rumors that have been swirling around. Indica moving to Milan. I don't. I think that the sand, low balling sandbagging moves by AC Milan are not going to equal him leaving the club uh, because uh, Croatia will just be like, nope, meet this or you know, don't buy him. So I think that's is what's going to happen there. Right, and, and I'd rather uh, not sell. sell him. I'd rather not sell him for five million for no reason, you know. Because if we're not selling him for at least like ten to ten plus, you know, we might as well keep him for the rest of the season. Let him go for free and thank him for his services. Thank him for his services. And um, so uh, there was a concrete like twenty plus million with bonuses offer from Nottingham Forest a club that I'm familiar with in England. And the terms were agreed by Croatia and the management board. And Joel So looked at the contract, was going to make a lot more money playing in England. And he said, nope, I'm staying in Frankfurt. So That's the charm. Huge Jones. win. Huge win. Champions League, baby. Champions League football. One of the first, <laughs> one of the first of many uh, examples why we get to keep strong players. It works. It's a working system. Yeah, the key is now to make sure that uh, this sort of uh, good vibes does stay. Yeah, <laughs> his uh, yeah, because the Eintracht has got uh, <sighs> we would have had our work out, cut out for us if. Both of those guys had jumped ship. And, I mean, I don't want... I mean, that is one player that is next to impossible for us to immediately replace. You're talking like you need to start... Little, I mean, they may have a young player that they're eyeballing, but, I mean, the moment that we have that money in our hands, we would have to kind of go out there and act so fast as to get a replacement for so or for Indica. And we talked about it, uh, that honestly we were anticipating that the only player who could leave that we thought could leave would be Indica in that a player that we would need, that we would immediately go out and find a replacement for. But so, Oh boy. Uh, when I saw 
that link, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Michelle with like the freaking just waiting like a couple minutes between each post because like I have him on my like uh, alerts. So every time he tweets, I get a notification and I read it. And when I got the first one, I had a heart attack. I was like, shut up. What? <laughs> I dropped my phone almost. But thank God. The gods listened. Well, at least you didn't drop it in the ocean whilst you were there. <laughs> could, have, could have well been that. Could have well been that. <laughs> that would have been bad. News bears. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's kind of the player news that's been going on. As I was about to mention before, I realized that we had not talked about the player rumors. Well, we'll, we'll leave that rumor mill as such for right now because that's yeah, Pitahaga gone too. What a waste of money yeah. on that. Oh, that is that is the weird one. So I knew for it for me. Like you just got to look at it and you're just thinking how go like we broke our transfer record like with the way with the way that his loan deal was structured everything looked like it was going to win but there must have been something deep down inside that Glasner just didn't really like didn't really get on with and he's like you know what we can spin this off it's okay we're moving on. He hasn't really had Thanks an impactful for being game. Part of the team. Like he hasn't really done much for us. I mean, I mean, I was shook the, for the amount we paid for him at first, but then to have a record transfer fee and then send him off to Ghent. I mean, I was, I thought I was, um, I was reading typos when I read the team that they were on, that they, that we brought him yeah. to. But it is what it is. I mean, money well spent? Question mark. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. This is, uh, I think it was just the fact that there was no way out of that uh, obligation to buy. Like, the obligation to buy was pretty weakly put together. And you know what? At the end of the day, it is what it is. It sucks that the guy who's going to be labeled as our record transfer fee incoming is a guy who immediately goes out on loan. But. From the way I look at it is perhaps they were thinking, hey, look, maybe they haven't given up on him yet, but they probably said to themselves, he needs 30 gains minimum to continue his development, and we're not going to give him that. And they went to him and was like, hey, we're thinking that you might be a 15, 20-game player. We think that the best thing for you is to get 30 to 40 games. Are you open to a low move? And he probably said, it's like, I'll play, whatever. You know, I don't have a World Cup to, you know, prepare for. So uh, now he's off to uh, get. And then I look at it from the standpoint that, you know, uh, Makoto Asebe went to uh, Belgium and just returned pretty much a stud compared to the scrawny little weed that he looked like when uh, we won the Depe Pokal, when he looked like he was about as thin as my left foot. So, <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Maybe, maybe there's something that the Eintracht know about the Belgian league that a lot of bonus or that other Bundesliga players or teams don't know. So, you're onto something with that one, Brian, for sure. But I mean, it's just such a moody diva thing to 
do a record transfer fee and send them off within a couple of weeks. It's just great. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. But the club that at least that is uh, Guinea and Ghent, what they did do was uh, finish in the European places. So, I mean, at least there's I – mean, at least he's they're one. They're in the same round of qualifying at at this moment at, in the Europa League. So like they're in the same basically in the uh, the playoff round for the Europa League. So if they lose, they're in the Europa Conference. If they win, they're in the Europa League. So you know he's going to be on a team that you know the Belgian league. I mean, you get what. It's so that's a weird league uh, in terms of the number of matches. So like you have thirty four matches, and they then go into the split uh, right before the teams that are qualifying for uh, Europe, and you have the other half that is just kind of like trying to fend off uh, relegation and everything. It is it's quite strange, but if you figure it out, it's kind of interesting. So like. The team that finished in second, just barely in second, had just gotten promoted up and was like a team on like shoestrings. And they beat up Anderlecht and Antwerp and Ghent, who we loaned Halga to. And uh, yeah, those guys end up up uh, getting into the Champions League qualifying phase and only just got knocked out by the team that we faced in the Europa, uh, Europa final uh, in Glasgow Rangers. And those guys are now at the... Uh, uh, Europa League and that team in question, uh, what they call like uh, Saint Gilles. Uh, I think those guys are playing in like the first time that they're playing in Europe in like uh, sixty years. <laughs> wow! For, and it was the competition that they're playing in. They played in previously was the old Intercities Friars Cup. So. This is the first time that they're in what I would consider the proper European competition in their club's history, despite being a very, very old and respected club, uh, being 124 years old as I look at it. But anyways, that's enough on uh, that random stuff that I did not know off the top of my head. I did know some facts of that league, and uh, yeah. So here's hoping that Halga basically... Hits the floor running with his Belgian team playing in UEFA, uh, kind of like we hope that Cologne will do on Thursday, whilst laying an egg on Sunday. But anyways, um, youth update: yeah. Eintracht Zwei. Hey, look at it from this standpoint. You know what? Uh, another got uh, two. Ma- another match played. This time, two-one win. Uh, Vinning, the player that we got from Bayern. Vinning. Uh, the- Vinning. <laughs> All right. That yeah, was good, I, though. My pronunciation was good. My- <laughs> this first one, you sound like yeah. Winnie. Like, I thought you called him Winnie the Pooh, almost. Which, I guess he's young. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the, the premiere of China. <laughs> if anyone has seen uh, John Oliver's last week tonight, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you look at his face, he do- that man does look like Winnie the Pooh. Anyways, uh, brace from the young, brace from the young guy that gives him four goals on the season, and yeah, I track Spy come away with a two to one victory, and uh, yeah, that was done away from home. So 
I would say that, that is a, a good win. And here's hoping that they can uh, stick it to Kiesen at the weekend. Just kind of like, well... Preview Eintracht uh, action at the weekend. But uh, for next up, we have hashtag what are we drinking? Matt, what do you got? Buddy, I am in serious detox mode right now because August oh, has boy. been a very, very alcoholic month for me. So I'm taking it easy today with some water because I have to do some more drinking starting on Thursday again. So um, here's to some good old agua. Well, the Eintracht's not playing on Thursday. What's goes? <laughs> uh, I'm actually taking off to go up to Lake George. So, going to be with a couple friends on a bow. And obviously, as you know, in, uh, Don't the fall law of, in the law of New York, you have to have a beer in hand every time you are on a boat. So, that is what we're doing. Uh, it's kind of close to Lake Champlain. Why didn't you go up to the big one? Because I don't want to drive a couple extra hours. I'd rather drive the two and a half. Well, it's actually more like four, but Lake Champlain's another, just for, another five more. or six. Oh, really? Jesus. I mean, yeah, I know that like once you kind of get up there, once you get past like Albany, I know that it's a lot of trees and well, whatnot and a lot of not straight highway roads that I might be used to on the flat Midwest that is Kansas. But you know. what are you Anyways, drinking, Brian? Uh, I've been drinking the Bengal beer, Coors Original. It's kind of oh. nothing better, you know. Uh, you know, just need a simple buzz to get you going. It's all good, and it doesn't taste flat and and super watery like Bud Light, or you know, it's a it's the little brother Coors Light. Nothing against Coors Light, but. I'll take the banquet beer any day of the week. So that's what we are drinking. Wraps up. Hashtag what are we drinking? We'll be back with segment two. Talking Frau and Corner. So stay with. Here we are, segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank uh, all the folks who've been uh, sending us well wishes on social media platforms and uh, ways to get in contact with the show. Or if you are enjoying this podcast, recommend us to your friends, fellow Bundesliga friends. And uh, if you haven't met any uh, recent new Bundesliga buddies, make some. The Eintracht is a wonderful social tool to just bring everyone together ways you can get in contact with us on social media is at h-e-f pod on twitter hey andre frankfurt at gmail.com facebook.com slash h-e-f pod instagram at hey Eintracht frankfurt so we talked about going to look at the frauen so as we've mentioned Eintracht Finishing in third meant that we got into the qualification phase for the Champions League. Woohoo! Uh, nice. Hoffenheim got Hoffenheim got to this point and made it through to the group stage. Now there are two rounds of qualifying to uh, participate in, but the Eintracht is in a good spot because um, 
So they qualified, uh, and on the qualification side of things, they got the champion side in the first round uh, of qualifying. You got your champion side, and you got your league finishing side. So other teams that are uh, on the side of Eintracht, the second-place team from Italy is Roma, second-place team from Swiss is, is Vente, where one of the Eintracht ladies has left the Eintracht for, but you know what? Uh, you know, not, not a big deal. Okay, we'll move on. Manchester City finished third in the uh, in England. Uh, Paris FC finished third in France. Real Madrid finished third in Spain. So we're on the side with other teams who were not the champions, but who are nonetheless good teams. So that kind of runs down to uh, just a couple group uh, groupings of teams for the Eintracht to play against, and we got lucky, guys. Because there Ooh. were four groupings, four groupings of four teams uh, who were uh, non-champions, and uh, yeah, we got Ajax, second place team from uh, the the female Erdovese, and Rauen, I think is how they would be pronounced, and they got the second place team, uh, second place team for the Swedish league. Uh, I don't even know um, how to pronounce that one. And we got a second place team from the Danish league. So each tournament is then hosted via one of the four teams. So Juring, uh, uh, I think, is the name of the Danish team. Sure. They have what uh, they want the bid to host. And um, yeah, so that's what the contract has got to go got to go up against this is a team that consistently does make uh the champions league of the uh uefa women's champions league but in the previous formats they always kind of got stuck in that first initial round or first two rounds never kind of punching through into that kind of you know top eight um they've got a couple americans none of whom i've ever heard of on their team they're uh and as for the roster itself, they do not have any mem- – no member of this uh, Danish team was actually a member of the Danish uh, national team at this summer's Euros. So uh, kind of leaves us with not a whole lot to discuss on that. So uh, Eidrek Frauer will play on the 18th. They then will play the winner of Ajax and the Swedish side on uh, the 21st. And then they will go into the second round of qualifying uh, via the league path, which, yes, some bigger teams are in there, but then you also can play against any of the four teams that uh, are considered the group winners of uh, this side of things. It's a little bit more... It kind of filters things down a lot faster than uh, on the men's side, which is home and away, which I could almost say that you could do that, but Oh my gosh, like that, like trying to tell some, trying to tell the matchup that was uh, PSV Eindhoven versus AS Monaco, trying to tell them that, hey guys, yeah, so you and this Belgian club and Rangers, you guys all have these one off moments to qualify for the Champions League group phase, and that's all you get. You don't get any, there's no guarantee of a home match. And uh, yeah, they tried to put this format into the inside. I think they'd have like a revolt, but. Right I now, we protest, but that's bullshit. Yeah, that uh, that's the same thing that the women's side. 
Yeah. So the the once you get to the second round, though, uh, it is then home and away uh, to uh, to to like an affair. Uh, well, thank that, God for which that. Which is a little bit more normal. A little bit more normal, and it's already been announced that should Eintracht uh, proceed, then they will play their home match at the Vault Stadium. But that is still kind of pending, and uh, yeah, that would be absolutely amazing if they were able to do it. But they've got their work cut out for them right now, so it's kind of crazy because all the other Frauen teams have all been uh, are only just now kind of getting back. You had all those uh, players that were out on international duty due to the Euros. I mean, of the kind of squad that uh, you have that are, you know, without the internationals now, all the internationals have returned, but, you know, they haven't. I mean, I got to kind of wonder that uh, with Santos, uh, with Freigang, with Kirschberger, you got to wonder with some of the gals who are playing in, on the inter- in the women's Euros that just kind of finished with Germany losing to England in the final, you just kind of scratch your head and wonder is like how much can you rely on those i mean how much like uh did they have enough time off in between this because it's a that's a lot to ask you know basically coming back in less than a month's time from this big major tournament oh yeah now you gotta have basically everything that you worked for all last season all winds down to you know these these small moments I'm very optimistic with the team's capabilities because we have a lot of player depth and strength uh, in just the players who didn't go off to uh, play with uh, Germany uh, at the Women's Euros. But, Matt, uh, from your experience as, well, I mean, having played the collegiate game in the United States in these kind of one-off, kind of winner-take-all matches, kind of mini-pokal format, I mean, you don't sound like you kind of like the format to begin with, but I mean, I'm optimistic for the ladies just due to what we know and have seen. Yeah, I mean, it definitely puts a lot more pressure on the game. I mean, you kind of always have that mindset, it's winner go home situation, you know, where home field and away field, like home field advantage doesn't matter at that point. I mean, yes, it is um, an advantage, but either way, it's a winner go home situation. Um so, I mean, it definitely sets it a different mentality. I wish it was more equal for the women than it is, than it, as it is for the men in terms of, you know, playing, you know, playing each other twice. Um, and, you know, because that's the whole experience too is like you want to promote more games and bring these big name teams into these small towns. You know, that's the whole point of these Champions League and these Europa League formats. That's why they put in these back and forth formats is for these teams to get exposure um, and to expose the game at the same time. I'm not too sure why UEFA doesn't do that for the women's side of things. Maybe it's a budgetary issue or whatnot, but I think they can scrap a couple million here and there just to, you know, make sure that the women can play these type of games. I mean, it's, it's I'm I'm amazed that it, I'm fi- I'm hearing about the first of this. You know, it's incredible that you know the only way I'm finding out about this is that the Frankfurt women are making the Champions League, but um, that's honestly atrocious, Brian. But I'm what I'm hearing here. <laughs> yeah, it's not is. It doesn't give it as much respect for it, but I'd like to think that this being the second year of this format, that they'll start seeing more progress uh, and this year and 
maybe even next season. And then they'll do kind of like how uh, FIFA loved how much, how well the uh, the Women's World Cup held in France in, uh, what was it, 2019, that they were so excited that they actually went to Australia and New Zealand and said, oh, yeah, we're expanding the tournament all the way to 32, so get get stuck in Australia. They then tapped up New Zealand to help them out with the rent the tournament. I'm kind of wondering if perhaps with and now you got to realize the like uh so the the Danish elite division is a semi-professional uh league. Now Denmark has had a really good really good team uh for a lot of years uh in the women's league, but there's not a oh, there's not many teams that have kind of been finishing in the top half. Like, I mean, all the Danish players, you look at the Danish national team, they're not playing. They're almost to a T, or at least the starters, they're all not playing in uh, Denmark. Kind of like how you could look at the at, at Ajax as league, uh, the female, the, that, that league, they don't have, like, they have your non-starters on the, the, the Dutch national team are all playing outside of Holland. You could say the same thing about Sweden. But once you get up to a Germany, a France, an England, a Spain, all of their national team players play in that domestic league with, you know, kind of like a one player here, one player there sort of thing. So I'm really optimistic for what's to happen for the Eintracht, but I'm hoping that um, – with the increased pop, uh, the increased exposure that the women's Euros did this past summer for the women's game, that perhaps this format will be one of the last years of it. Perhaps they will uh, allow for the more traditional way that the men's tournament goes in terms of like you know home and away format the entire way just to filter down. I think sixteen teams for the group phase lends to a very highly highly competitive group phase which is what you want and uh that's a uh, we just want our ladies to have a chance to perform at the highest end and show themselves for the wonderful players that they are and uh i think we're gonna come through uh this two-legged uh uh kind of game with the two match uh mini tournament and we're gonna come out smelling like roses and matt guess what uh what? through itrack tv and through YouTube as partners with uh, DAZN, all the Frauen, both Frauen matches will be available for folks here in the United States and abroad to be able to watch live. Hell How about yeah. that? That's awesome. Now, That's... if they can only do that for all matches, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, finally, finally, we got the chance to view the Frauen instead of, you know, putting a bunch of spam on our computers and buying a new computer every year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't want to be doing that, especially when you got some, you got something else to be paying for on the side of things. Yeah. yeah. So here's hoping that the Frauen kick uh, kick ass, take names. Uh, here's a schedule as it goes down. So the Eintracht's first match is is the Danish uh, the Danish team and uh, Jurig. On the 18th, and then the winners of Ajax and Christian Stats, uh, if I got that right, will be on the 21st, and all being hosted in Hurg, which is Jorg. God, 
someone's gonna eventually tell me how exactly to pronounce it, but uh, this part of Denmark is like way up in the very extreme no north uh, part of that very, very tiny country, and uh, in the kind of Jutland Peninsula, uh, way up at the very, very tippy top of that. So, that all being said, uh, that wraps up the Frauen Corner segment. Went long on that, but we'll have more Frauen content, especially in our next episode, as we'll be looking and hopefully celebrating the Eintracht's progression into the second round of Women's Champions League qualification. And then, of course, previewing the Frauen as the Frauen Bundesliga season will be coming up real soon. But it is time to look at Eintracht versus Köln. We've kind of we've done a lot of hinting at it already, so it's not like as though we've been kind of being mum about it at all. So I love it when we always play against FC Köln. It's always got this electric atmosphere in the stadium. And like we mentioned, Cologne's going to be maybe a little weary in the legs because they'll have had to exert themselves on Thursday because, hey, you screw that up. Then you just made your fans so excited to be playing in Europe and then you fall flat on your face. Something that some teams like Wolfsburg and Freiburg and Mainz have in recent years done to their fan bases and the Cologne fans are not ones to allow for that. So you know for a fact that those players are going to go so all out that uh, we could take advantage of it. So I like the idea that, you know, having a full week to prepare, that will get... And this is a weird time. So we're playing so many matches before the World Cup gets started. And you know what? We're at a weird, the weird part of the season where that's actually not going to be happening uh, very much. And, uh, yeah, I think that the Eintracht is going to be able to go back home to the Waldstadion and finally get the atmosphere buzzing the way that we need it against a team that, let's face it, is much more beatable than FC Bayern. And, uh, yeah, I'm thinking that the Eintracht will get their first victory of the season. It's going to be 2-1. to one. It's going to be... A real nail biter, though. We're gonna not score our winning goal until probably the 80th plus minute. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's it's great. I mean, it's also you put it right at the start of uh, of what you were saying there, Brian. We we're playing Cullen, another great um, organization that has a incredible fan base. One of the most lovable coaches in the Bundesliga right now. And they have a super, super strong team who's, you know, well deserved to have some international exposure for this season. Um, but if I he think was our coach, we'd also be in love with even more enamored with him than we already are. Cause the guy is extremely likable. Oh yeah. He's, he's incredible. He's definitely, he, he's such an expressive way of how the Bundesliga uh, is supposed to be played, you know, how the Bundesliga is really, you know, is really that. And on top of that, he always rocks a, an amazing Pika Blinders hat. Um, <laughs> but, but none, none, a flat every, cap. None, a flat cap. Thank you. Um, on the other, on the other side of things, I mean, look, we need to, we owe our fans some redemption here. You know, we got, we let, we had, we got, we got, we had Bayern come in and, Tear down our fortress and score six goals on us. You know, five in the first half. I mean, that was embarrassing, we, and the entire world saw it. We are 
we we are fans of everything, you know. I mean, this is a this is a game where you know I'm really worried about us a little bit. Um, it's also going to depend how we come out, you know. I really think I really hope we come out with um the front three that I've been saying before with you know Bore, Muani, and Lindstrom, and just having Lentz staying on the on the wide, unless we want to put Pellegrini and throw him in the mix and see how well he works on that left side. Um, I doubt it though because you need some time to be in a three five two position, but. You know, it's it's. I'm definitely more worried about us. But you know, this game against Hatta definitely showed us who our strong players are and where our strengths are at the same time. And right now, it's kind of staying on that counterattacking mode as well as the high press mode. And you know, with the players such as Kolomwani, you know, he is such. He was so effective in the Berlin game. You know, um, where. Who knows what kind of strides he can make with us when he um, gets more comfortable within the system and gets more comfortable with the league and the style of the play. I mean, it's it's going to be a good game. You know, I definitely think we're going to come out of this as winner. I mean, we need to come out of this as winner. I mean, Cullen played so far. You know, they had a great game against Leipzig. That's a, obviously a very, very strong result to have in a 2-2 situation. And then, you know, spanking Shaka as if they were are supposed to stay in the second division. Although Shaka did have a quote unquote decent result against Borussia Mönchengladbach with that late uh, late equalizer, but it, does that mean Gladbach is uh, or does that mean that Schalke is decent at soccer? Or does that mean Gladbach is you know in real trouble this year? You know, tie, letting Shaka tie that late, but. Nonetheless, I mean, I think we're going to come out of this as winners. I mean, I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet just because we're never going to do that ever. Um, we may as well go see a, unic- uh, a leprechaun fly on a unicorn um, before we see a Frankfurt clean sheet in the Bundesliga. But I think we're going to win this game 3-1. I think Colomwani is going to have a great like home start um, for us and possibly even score a hat-trick. Wow. That's a that's bold. Yeah, I wanted to be bold because, especially after how hyped we were about Magdeburg, how hard that bit us in the butt. Um, I'm doing it again, and clearly, I haven't learned my lesson from it just yet. So, um, hopefully, I don't learn it this time again. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have only good things to talk about uh, in our next episode of Hey, I Drink Frankfurt. I'm certain that the Frauen will kick ass and take names. I'm sure that the men will kick ass and take names. And you know what? We'll be just so buzzing on the what fact that What do you think about the game on win. Sunday? Well, I mean, outside the scoreline? Oh. Um, I think that Cologne and Eintracht is going to be a very much a back and forth sort of match. There's not going to there's not going to be a lot that's going to separate either side. I think that there is I think that Cologne in the in their kind of run in, in their match that they have at the week in, at, on Thursday I think that I think it takes their focus off just long enough to allow for Eintracht to be able to benefit from it. I think that um I I honestly think that the fact that they're going to be playing at home in Cologne will possibly drain like I mean big your big European night if they don't come out if Cologne does not come out and just pummel uh, this uh, Hungarian side called 
Uh, Actually, no, not even gonna try. Gonna just uh, they used to be called video ton. Uh, that's what I kind of uh, <laughs> had heard them once pronounced once before, and I'm like, that's way easier uh, than the this alternation. Team's, the team, the Hungarian team has gone through more name changes than most people have had years on this planet. So, <laughs> uh, but Cologne, Yikes. they're gonna they're gonna go so all in. I think that it will be a back and forth battle, but the tired legs will uh, allow Eintracht to kind of utilize their their full depth. Because one thing about Cologne is certain uh, when it does come to uh, them just playing and uh, this kind of very demanding style that Stefan Baumgart uh, has them play. Like, I was playing away, getting a 2 2 draw away with Leipzig. That's a real, real difficult thing to pull off. And you know what? They're going to then, yeah, th- that then Thursday in their. Uh, Europa Conference League match. I think Eintracht's going to be able to handle them at the best possible time. And Cologne was all they managed that result whilst playing against uh, a Leipzig team that basically played an entire half with 10 men. So take that yeah. for take that for what you can. So well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank uh, my boy in the big city for com- for showing him s- showing up after being on the beach for a long time. Good to, he- always good to have you back, buddy. Always, always good and to be back, Brian. Where can we find you on social media landscape of the world? You can find me on the Twitter side of things at WAGMA underscore, and then on the Instagram at un- Wagner8 underscore, and then obviously on the on the Instagram, you can find us on Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. There you go. And you can follow me on Twitter. That is at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEPod. Hey, I'm Joe Frankfurt on Instagram. Facebook.com slash HEPod. And reach out to us with your with your questions and anything on track related. That is hey I'm Frankfurt at gmail.com. We hope the Frauen and the men are able to come away with results in all three matches at the weekend. And of course that the youth team continues to do well in the Hessian Liga. Um, yeah, so from all of us here at hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, thanks for listening to this episode 231 of the podcast. We'll be back again with more Eintracht coverage. So don't, so keep uh, liking us and give us a nice rating. Subscribe wherever you find your podcasts so that you don't miss the next episode of this show. So till next time, choose. In the law of New York, you have to have a beer in hand every time you are on a boat.